0: So guys, some of you might think this is a Super Bowl episode, and it definitely is. This is the last episode we're recording before the Super Bowl, but we got a lot to talk about. We got to talk about Kyrie and his Triumphal experience, his Bears, what's going on with the Patriots front office. We got a lot to discuss here tonight, but first off, we were going into a story because there's a player that has ties to now the NFL because last year, Toronto Argonauts had DB Qantas diggers no college experience. Now he won CFL rookie of the year on the defensive side last year. He's making the jump to get drafted. And Kyrie's got the story from McGarvin on how Quantes, no college experience, how it's all playing out.
1: Yeah. So um, he ended up being a Quantes Stiggers ended up being one of the most interesting players down at the Shrine Bowl. And I want to preface this by saying the guy played really well. I mean, I got, I got a number of, of uh past breakups and solid plays from him on video uh clearly like he looks like I mean yeah the college experience maybe not necessarily there but you also think about the fact that he was playing against like professionals yeah right and 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 it showed he he looked like one of the more polished and and kind of like experienced guys out there just kind of he kind of carried himself a little bit differently I think because of that but, you know, this young man, Quantes Stiggers, so I was just reading up on him a little bit. First of all, came from a really big family, um, 13 kids, uh, which is, yeah, I know, right? Um, so his, his brother, uh, one of his brothers, I mean, he's been through a lot, man, Quantes Stiggers. Um, one of his brothers had a horrible injury playing football, um, spinal cord injury, you know, ended up being a quadriplegic. And Stiggers' father uh, had a really serious car accident. Um, actually, almost exactly four years ago, so February fourteenth, Valentine's Day of twenty twenty, um, and he died later in twenty twenty. And you know that that happened when he was at when Stiggers was at Lane College. So it's like he he was going to college to play football, right? Yeah. Um, but he he kind of spiraled um as a result of his father's death and um dropped out and so he was he was out of school he kind of given up football um but his mother encouraged him to get back into the game and so that's how he ended up at the fan-controlled football league which is where like uh you know Josh Gordon ended up for a minute uh before getting a shot to latch onto a to an NFL roster um And then from there made his way to the Toronto Argonauts and you know, they, they, he tried out for, for the CFL Argonauts signed him and then he ends up being rookie of the year. Right. I mean, and, and, and and there's like, it's got just a really interesting story, man. Like a lot of people just thought he was going to get cut. Like he wasn't going to make the team and he makes the team makes the roster and is a most outstanding rookie CFL all-star. I mean, come on, man. Like, that it's just a hell of a story of perseverance, and and you just know whether whether it's as, as a UDFA or a guy who gets drafted, somebody's going to look at his story and be like, I want that guy on my team yeah. now, and and that that's a that's something I'm sure we're going to talk about in relation to the draft. You're not just drafting the talent, you're not just drafting the arm or how fast a guy runs the forty. You're drafting the person because, yeah, you can you can project upside all you want with a guy's talent and what they can do on the football field. But the drive to get better and the perseverance to <laughs> overcome bad times, yep. that's, that's stuff that is really hard to quantify. And that, I feel like more so than anything, is why the draft is a crapshoot because – you can see a guy's talent and sometimes a guys weaknesses get, get exposed or whatever in the league and, and they don't come out you know, to be what they're supposed to be. But I feel like so often, man, what, what happens the most is you get a guy in the league and he does, he, he can't get better. The game, the game is too much for them mentally. They don't have the work ethic and they crater when, when bad stuff happens. And I think that when you look at a guy like Stiggers, whether or not he has a long NFL career or not, he, he's going to make somebody's roster at some point. I, he's going to play in the league. He's going to play. He's going to play some snaps. Somebody is going to put him on the field.
0: That that's exactly it. Because I feel like with the NFL draft too, they always like I don't know why it is. ESPN ESPN's done it for years as well, where they'll look for a story where, hey, here's a kid getting drafted. And now here's every horrifying event that he's experienced throughout his life. I don't know why. They I mean, they, I mean that's like every every,
1: every other yeah. person. You know, it's it's trauma yeah. porn.
0: Exactly. It's like here's here's this player and all his football ability. Oh, and here's the story about his uncle who was killed in a drive-by shooting when he was eight years old, and he saw like and witnessed it. Like they'll they really dig deep for like those trauma porn stories.
1: And and I mean. It, you know, Qantas Stiggers gets drafted or you know, in, in, in any point. I mean, obviously, because this story is so interesting because he's kind of going like the NBA route, right? Not yeah. playing in college, you know, going off the pros or whatever and, and, uh, you know, coming into the league. Like, I'm, they're going to, this story is going to come up during draft time. Yeah. Um, because it is unique. But I think, again, what, what you evaluate from that is not just the, Oh my goodness! You know what horrible things happened, but the fact that he he overcame and again f- rediscovered the fact that he's a good football player.
2: Yeah, that's, that's exactly. yeah, that's a that's a hell of a story. Do we know where he's projected to go? Like, uh, you know, round wise. I mean, he's a day three pick. I'm assuming you know, round fifth round, uh, kind of like Kenny Robinson, who played in the. uh who played in the XFL before, like he came out of West Virginia, played in the XFL, and then was drafted by the Panthers um, like the the same year right after the XFL folded. Um, and that was really interesting. And, you know, yeah. everyone was like, oh, yeah, this guy's going to go real high. He's really good because he was really good for the Battlehawks. Um, and then he ended up going fifth round, you know, kind of bounced around a bit, played with the Steelers this past summer. And now he's with the, uh, you know, my Birmingham Stallions in the new UFL. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm super curious to see, where diggers goes um, because it feels like out of nowhere, like maybe three weeks ago, like the gen- general football populace. And by that, I mean like national reporters got hold of the story and they were like, yeah, watch out for this guy. So I'm, 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 I'm curious. It sounds like, you know, he's the kind of player that like will be really easy to root for. And I think that'll make it a lot easier for him to stick. Right. If you're choosing between him and someone who may not, you know, may, who may have slightly better skills or whatever the, uh, the case may be, you may, you know, may end up going with him. Well, because he's easy to root for, and he's someone that you know will overcome whatever trials and tribulations come with being in the NFL, especially as a rookie, you know, who hasn't played, you know, college ball. So I, I'm yeah. personally interested in that now as well. And a rookie yeah, with something to prove he's... as well the chip on the
0: shoulder effect.
1: Definitely. I mean, I see him as um, probably like a, he's definitely day three. I mean, I'm looking at him more sixth or seventh round. Just because I think teams are going to look at it and be like, okay, cool. We played in the CFL. That, I mean, that's interesting. You Played against pros, but just how much experience do you have? Because, because again, like a bunch of these guys have been playing football for several years on end, um, you know, at, at high level competition. And so I think that they're probably going to be like, eh, you know, we'll, we'll see. But again, the sixth and seventh round are those guys where, where you're thinking to yourself, okay, this dude as an undrafted free agent might be kind of in demand so let's go ahead and draft him now and and just go for it and and again i just feel like he's gonna get in a room with somebody and they're just gonna be like this this i need this guy on my team you know i i I want it i want it because i mean it's not even just like oh yeah the cover skills or you know what what have you but dudes out there making tackles on special teams in the shrine bowl i mean come on man like like what what more do you want you know, out out of a guy who's going to fill out the back end of your roster. He's doing everything he needs to do.
0: That's exactly it. It's those kind of guys where, look, if you can make a simple impact on a special team, someone's going to see that and say, hey, we can use them in kick returns. We can use them in kickoff defense. Like when you're the team either receiving the ball or whether you're on kickoff, kick return, whether it be it, it's just, look, get in there, carve a name for yourself and find a pathway to success. Um, But anyway, gentlemen, like we were talking about earlier, uh, some Fun news in New England going down. Obviously, look, the mm-hmm. roles are pretty much assessed. Ian Rappaport had the original report, but our one of our new podcast uh, co-mates, obviously we know Miss Sophie Weller, also broke it down very well. Why? Because we have mm-hmm. some of our Patriot reporter friends. Um, do we want to call it the Wolf of Foxborough? Do we want to call it the Wolf of Patriot Place? Like, what are we? What are we doing and thinking about Elliot Wolf being the unofficial official GM of the Patriots?
2: I don't know. It kind of felt like that was the the obvious route um, as of like three or four weeks ago um, once it was clear that you know bro was going to remain matt bro was going to remain in his role as like you know the quote-unquote scout the head of the scouting department he's the you know the director of player personnel um essentially he's the super scout (laughs) you know what I mean he he (laughs) takes care of the uh you know of the of the draft and all that once that became clear I was like all right well If they're having him do that, if they're like, hey, you're going to be our guy looking at the, you know, at at player acquisition and all that, then I'm like, all right, well, who's the other guy? There's someone who has to do all the office, you know, the front office type of stuff. Um, And it became very clear early on that that was going to be Elliot Elliot Uh, That That's fine. I liked what he did in, in Green Bay. I wasn't super familiar with him in Cleveland. I know a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, he did a lot of good work in Cleveland. I don't know, beats me. Cleveland isn't a team that I really follow follow all too closely. Um, but it, it, it felt like that was the direction they're going. Um, and some of the hires kind of reflect that. I know some people, you know, are really salty about it. You know, oh, he's just bringing in his guys. Or, oh, Gerard's not even getting to pick his own staff. Or whatever, you know, whatever the case is there. But I think it's, you know, I want to see it not work before I have some shit to talk. Because right now, it would just be all speculative. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and I- I think I think what's interesting is that, you know, the way they framed a lot of this stuff is that really we just needed to get Bill Belichick out of the way and let other people cook is essentially what they're saying. Right. I mean, they didn't turn over the scouting department or they didn't get Elliot Wolf and bring in a new GM. They were literally just like, hey, look, I think the rest of these guys are pretty sound process. It's just this dude has an antiquated process also on the sidelines we need a new voice and gerard Mayo's ready to go i think what's interesting is that you know people are going to wondering like okay because bill belichick had all this power what's gerard mayo gonna have and oh wait oh they're not giving gerard mayo all the power out of the gate like what what's going on with this but i think what we've learned through reports from a number of different people is Bill Belichick did not start off with that power. No, nope. he, he, did, he did not have that power the entire time. It was after that third Super Bowl. Robert Kraft actually said this, I believe, um, later on. Like, at, I think I want to say it was after announcing that Bill Belichick was parting ways you know, with the organization, kind of in that later comeback press conference when it was just Kraft by himself. He said that Belichick didn't get that personnel power until after the third Super Bowl. So it's like when they had the dynasty, you know what I mean? Then it was Bill Belichick has control over everything. And so obviously that's a very long time of him having all that control. I mean, what is that? 18 years? Something like that? 18, 19 years. Yeah, 18, 19 years of him having complete control. So I think, oh, okay. But the whole point of that is you let Gerard Mayo earn that. And if he doesn't, that's also okay. Most teams have, have their head coach not being the general manager also. I, I tend to look very askance at teams that do that. I feel like it's kind of a recipe for disaster um, to, to have the head coach have that level of power, especially if they haven't proven that they deserve it. Like, for example, somebody like I know, like John Gruden, honestly, like when, when that happened a couple years ago, the Raiders hired him like a 10-year deal, and it's just like it basically he's just the de facto GM as well and personnel control is like, this is going to go bad. And it went bad within, did he even make it three years? I can't even remember. He definitely didn't make it four years. He was out by then. Um,
0: three and a half, I think it was.
1: Yeah, but, but I mean, this, this, is, this is how most organizations do it. You know, the, the, and and Elliot Wolf has a lot of experience. He's come up through the ranks with a good organization in the Green Bay Packers, uh, an organization that knows how to draft and knows how to scout. And, you know, I think that it's fair to have him in that position as, you know, kind of this experienced counterbalance to Gerard Mayo, who I think is very intelligent. And I think he's going to be pretty good at his job. But again, this part he hasn't had as much experience with and look even bill belichick right when he first came came into the Patriots job he'd already been a head coach before so this wasn't entirely new to him but he comes into the the Patriots job and he's got Charlie Weiss and Romeo Cronell running his offensive defense he didn't go out and find those guys they were already there so having experience or in, in guys that that you know you can believe in, know that you can trust, already in place, that's big without having to try to reinvent the wheel.
2: Yeah, and I think people forget with with uh, with Belichick, he came in, he had Scott Pioli for that, you know, yep. immediately that 2001 mm-hmm. year they went out and won the Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. Pioli was there another seven years after that. And I know you know Kraft said it wasn't until after the third Super Bowl, but Pioli didn't leave until 2008, 2007. Um, so I I would I would be hesitant to say like, oh, Bill immediately got the, you know, 2005, Bill started running the show. I would say he, you know, he ran it with, you know, I know the big word around here lately has been collaborative. I think he ran it collaboratively with Scott Pioli until, you know, Pioli moved on. Mm. Um, and I think it'll be the same thing with Gerard Mayo. I will say though that it's a it's an interesting move to, you know, keep all the same play, uh, people around and, you know, just have Gerard in the, in the driver's seat if only because it puts you in a bad spot if things don't change, right? Because at that point, you know, then you start having the argument, oh, well, Bill, Bill was a scapegoat, and I, I don't necessarily think that was the case, even though I was was against his firing. I don't necessarily think he was a scapegoat. I think he played a, a very big part in why he's no longer here, obviously. Yep. Um, yep. But I, I think if things don't change, right, if they go out there and, you know, they the, the player acquisition process doesn't change, right? They're, they're still kind of low balling on on some of the free agent offers or some of the draft picks still have you going why him why him then why him now kind of thing I think if that remains the same then at that point you're going to have a lot of people and we've already kind of seen it um I don't know if y'all I, no y'all have definitely seen it and especially you Kyrie because you know you're uh, you're on the beat so every every post on every tweet you send out I'm sure is full of snarky uh snarky sammy's in the comments like oh yeah fucking cheap ass craft and jonathan this and robin Glazer that and um people are going to then start turning on you know the crafts uh and well, like I, said, I, I love i love
1: happening. the whole to to just just talk about that i love the the columnists being all like where was jonathan Kraft at, uh you know gerard mayo's uh announcement And it's like you had robert Kraft. The yeah. guy who runs the organization you had Big Daddy Craft. Yeah, he was thunder. there, Jonathan Craft. Yeah, big. Yeah, I- exactly. You know, young Thunder, young Thundercat was there. Okay, Jonathan Craft probably had other things to do, running the rest of the Craft organization. Like, 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 really, is this is this what we're going to spend all our time doing? It's just like, oh well, yeah, well, Jonathan Craft. Why wasn't he there? And it's like, Daddy's here. Okay, he still has a hold of his mental faculties. He might not be able to say the name Shermont, but you know what? We can we can deal with that. Okay, Gerard was there to help help him out. Uh but uh yeah, you know, I, again I, I agree with you, man. It's just people want to be mad about stuff.
0: Yeah. It's, a, people it's, who feel it's like, a fickle fan base.
2: Of course, of course. And again, it you you've already created this divide where people who feel like Bill was, you know, unfairly uh unfairly let go, or he was sandbagged. I know that that's kind of a popular take right now that, oh, they had already planned on moving on from him. And nothing would have changed anyway. They, you know, they're moving on, they're scapegoating him and all that. And like I said, I, I don't agree with that. Um, but I, I do think it's a bold decision to keep all the same faces in place. And we'll see if uh, things change. I mean, at least on the offensive side, we've seen signs of change so that that's good that's that's encouraging even though for some some reason people who were complaining hey we need new faces in here are now complaining hey not those faces and i'm like "Eh, you know you you kind of it's kind of how it goes right everyone wants change but not the change they get they bring they bring in you know uh alex van pelt um and you know people are like oh but cleveland fired him so obviously he sucks they're gonna bring in um peters as the o-line coach Oh. Cleveland fired him. Obviously, he sucks um, at McAdoo. And they're like, oh, the guy with the hair, obviously he's. And it's just like, all right, like, let, let's see it not work before we, we we get our pitchforks and axes. Like, I mean, if it doesn't work, I, I'm sure I'll be out there with y'all. But right now it is, you know, February 7th. <laughs> the Super Bowl hasn't even been played. The season is legitimately not even over. <laughs> like yeah. the, the season is not technically over yet. We need to, we need to slow down. (laughs) We need to relax on all of the hate. It is so much vitriol on Patriots Twitter right now with regards to every personnel move. And it's, it's absurd because there are some, I I like to think I'm a knowledgeable fellow. I I personally think that. Um, And there are things that I don't know that people seem to have very strong opinions on. And I'm like, Hmm, how do you know? Like, how, how, how do you know that I've seen I've seen it with a, a lot of fan bases. I know that um, last week the, the Jaguars hired, um, hired someone from the, uh, t- from the Titans coaching staff, or the Titans hired someone from the Jaguars coaching staff, their, their uh, wide receiver coach or whatever, and people were like, oh, yeah, his philosophy is going to be great. And, you know, John Shipley, who covers the, the Jaguars down there, he, he, he pointed out like, well, how would you know? He's a wide receiver. There's, there's legitimately no way you would know that. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> god damn thank you and it was the same kind of thing with the gms and i know i know i know how it nick, happens. nick holes right as so... the offensive
1: coordinator yeah
2: yeah and it's just like uh, i know how it happens it just infuriates me because people pretend and it irks me because if i don't know something i will just say i don't know yeah. you know what i mean when uh when adam peters got hired to washington you know people were i mean the patriots fans were very upset and i had to ask the question like well, who is this guy, and why? Why are we so upset? Like, what's on his resume? That's like, because everyone's obviously very upset. So y'all must see something that I don't see, uh, and no one could give me an answer because no one really knows. They just know, hey, he worked on that team that's really good, and so therefore he's obviously really good. And I just don't like that way of thinking, um, especially because when it flips, it's just as dumb. Oh well, he worked for a bad team, and he's obviously bad. I just it it infuriates me. So like across the board with every hire the Patriots have made, it's just so dumb because they're like, oh, well, if he's so good, why was he fired? Like, good guys get fired all the time. Shut up. Yeah. yeah. Joe
1: Belichick got fired. And
2: hello? Hello? He got fired. He <laughs> Carroll got fired. Mike Vrabel is without a job right now. Right he's now, he has no he's job.
1: Well, well, like, that, that's the funny thing, though, is that Mike, <sighs> Mike Vrabel got fired or let go or, you know, whatever it
2: is. Usually, and People, were, and people were
1: begging, begging for Mike Vrabel to get hired here and are mad that that Gerard Mayo got hired without interviewing Mike Brable. Uh, Real real quick, I just want to say, because I love to see it, sources are saying, because I, I follow a lot of Chicago Bears, sources are saying that uh, ex-Bears, Steve McMichael, Mongo, Julius Peppers, and the man himself, Devin Hester, are going to the Hall of Fame. Let's go. Oh, are let's they sending let's Devin
2: Hester? Holy go. shit, finally.
1: Yes. I mean... Look, I'm, th- we're not here to talk about this, but another time, I mean, I'll, I'll just talk about every one of my favorite Devin Hester moments just, just the whole time. I mean, we could do a whole show on it. I mean, the excitement of that was back in the days of Chicago Bears where I didn't care what the offense did. I, I didn't I I didn't want the offense on the football field. <laughs> like, like I honestly I didn't, I didn't almost won a Super Bowl. Like, like, unless Thomas Jones was running the ball, because I like Thomas Jones because he was like the most rocked up running back of all time. That guy had the biggest arms I've ever freaking seen for a running back. <laughs> just absurdly jacked. Um, I liked I like Thomas Jones, but the rest of the time, like I, I just just go ahead and score already. I, I don't care. I get the defense on the field, and then like I would get pissed if the opposing offense like got past like the like the 40 yard line yeah. because that meant Devin Hester wasn't going to get a chance to to return a punt. Like everything revolved around Devin Hester potentially getting to return a punt. And like when Devin Hester wasn't returning kicks, I'm like, what the hell guys? Come on. Devin Hester should be returning kicks. Just just I just wanted that dude he's just edge of your seat all the time. Like don't go to the bathroom, don't step out of the room. Don't look at your phone. Nothing.
3: Blinking, you'll the miss The ball it. is in
1: the air, and he's back there waiting for it. Something's gonna go down. It might be what. Wa- <laughs> it might be bad. It might be like a muff. It might be he runs around in some circles and gets tackled. But the magic, the magic was undeniable. Sorry, I just had to get that out. It's all
0: good. It's all good. It's also fun because like we've gone back through this with McGarvin, and I had we played a little game last summer. We looked at the potential Hall of Fame candidates. And, like, his name was up there. Pepper's name is up there. Another one I think it's getting into Barnett is Antonio Gates as well. Uh, yeah, but, no, Devin Hester. I, my favorite story with him is always Tony Dungy saying, hey, you know what? We're not going to kick the Devin Hester. Changes his mind. First play of the Super Bowl 41. Yeah, we're going to kick the Devin Hester. And Played punished. a great game of – Fuck around and find out, and he found out the hard way that hey, don't kick the ball to Devin Esfer. We don't Let's need to
1: talk the- about sure. anything that happened after that. The game nope. ended right there after that <laughs> opening kickoff, as far as I'm concerned. But I mean that that's exactly it. The greats just they punish you when you make mistakes, and that was a mistake. Never and 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 I only one other time did somebody publicly just be like, I'm not worried about Devin Hester. I don't care about you. And the Todd Sauerbrunn of the of the Denver Broncos in 2007, the very next season, just like, I'm not scared of him. i kicking it to him. Kicked it, you know, punted it to him. At one point, he kind of had was had really a couple of it? adventures uh, earlier in the game. Then he returns a punt for a touchdown. And then they kick it off to him later in the game. And he runs that back for a touchdown. Oh and at God. one point, yeah. he even hurtled Sauerbrunn. Juked him into the dust on one of them, and it's just like, but but why, <laughs> why,
0: why would you do this? Why would you poke the bear? That that's just it. Why 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 poke the bear? Why do any of that? um One thing, um, so two things. I want to bring up with teams you mentioned. One, you brought up the same Green Bay Packers who basically told their now soon to be seventy year old CEO, "Hey, uh time to go." um I just love how that happens, where it's like you're, you're seventy next year, you're you're done, you're gone. Bye, so long. Like how they just basically told Mark Murphy, sayonara. Yep. And then with Washington, though, like everyone's excited about Adam Pierce because, you know, it comes from there. And then all of a sudden, oh, his first options is known, Ben Johnson. Then Mike McDonald goes, oh, thanks, I'm good. So you're ending up with Dan Quinn and then Cliff Kingsbury, who just jumped all over the NFL. And I know what Patrick said today, he's got his back. But I still have the take of belief with Cliff that if it weren't for Patrick going and being Patrick in 2018, I don't know if Cliff gets that Arizona Cardinal job to begin with. I feel like a lot of people just saw, oh, so... He probably was good at Texas Tech, and we quickly learned that Texas Tech wasn't that good of a team back in the mid-20, mid-2010s. So that's just another point I want to make, just with everything, like, wait and believe. Just give it time. That's the thing. People got to give it time. I feel like everyone's so quick to react. Everyone has goldfish brain nowadays. And even the other hire I'm excited to see, because I don't know much about the guy, but is Alonzo Highsmith coming in as well to help with the front office. And even with the Ben McAdoo stuff, too, it's just a general, yeah. he's not coaching the team. He's just going to be there to kind of like help Gerard through the process. It's kind of like a tutor, for example. He's just going to help him. He's going to walk him through things. And even to the point where you're saying earlier with how everyone's giving all these terms with Patriots Twitter, I remember last time we were on McGarvin. So this is the thing that we say throughout the season. Both of you have given me great podcast titles throughout the time. Kyrie's being Geno Smith or Geno Smith and McGarvin's with, hey, let's order a pizza. And I'm going back to that because it's like if you're with your friends and you order a pizza and you say, hey, I'm going to get pepperoni, mushroom, black olives. And they say yes. And By the time the pizza arrives, guess what they say? That's not what I wanted on my pizza. That's what Patriots Twitter is doing right now. Give it time. Take a slice of the damn pizza. You may like it. You may not.
1: Well, it's interesting you mentioned Alonzo Highsmith because I just came across a tweet. New Patriots senior personnel executive alonzo highsmith watched his miami hurricanes against drake may twice during his tenure may finished 36 of 61 59 percent completion percentage 582 yards six touchdowns two interceptions in two wins and includes a highlight of him dropping a dime down the field for tez walker for a touchdown and uh i mean that might be as good a segue as we can have into what the hell are the new England Patriots going to do with the number three overall pick?
0: My opinion. So I also want to ask you about your bet the Bears situation as well, because we want to, I want to get into that. It's all,
1: it's all connected.
0: I would say it Mm -hmm. is my number one choice is still Jaden Daniels, just because I feel like Washington's going to take the UNC quarterback for the second time in two years. But there's also a parallel universe. And I have to take with the bears that the bears Look, Washington leapfrogs Chicago to get Caleb Williams. Do you remember 2017? How John Lynch finessed Ryan Pace, <laughs> Ryan Ryan Pace into hey move up one spot, but give us another four picks on top of giving us going from three to two. I could see Ryan Poles doing the exact same thing to Adam Smith because like, then again, where did Ryan, Ryan Poles come from? Kansas City, so he knows the thing about to or doing something like that. So I can see them moving back a couple spots, and maybe if Chicago doesn't want. Drake May or if Caleb Williams, for some reason, Washington gives a wild package. Chicago then can go uh, a nice little room of Justin Fields, DJ Moore, Marvin Harrison Jr. Caleb Williams goes number one, leaving then either Drake May or Jaden Daniels to the Patriots. That's my little fantasy that I have up in my head of uh, please come true, even though I doubt it will.
1: I, I would...
0: And the Patriots trade back, and it pisses off the entire fan base, and they take. Oh yeah, exactly,
1: (laughs) exactly. And and I think what's nice about the Patriots is I I was I was checking on their their draft status at the moment. They've got a healthy amount of picks. Yes. So as long as they don't give away, so so okay, let's get into the scenarios. Number one, let's start with the Bears because they're at the top of the draft. The way it stands right now, it certainly seems like they're going to take Caleb Williams. Yeah. And I think, you know, that that's the that's the smart, prudent thing to do. I happen to be a fan of Justin Fields. I think that he can still very much yet get better. Um, I think that to an extent, this process isn't wholly fair to him. Um, Again, having
0: (laughs) essentially by the Bears
1: yeah and like being a you know in a gut renovation situation in year two and kind of outplaying the possibility that he could have gotten traded last year and people will say the Bears passed on CJ Stroud and they should have just taken him it's like I don't really see it that way I think it of it as the Bears looked at it as they had their guy and we're gonna try to build with him and CJ Stroud went to a very uh, solid situation maybe not the best talent in the world but some very good coaching that was able to maximize what he did. And then I think that the, the Texans in general were also just underrated. I mean, that was a that was a good team. And I think C.J. Stroud, people did mess up with C.J. Stroud, but I don't know that I'm looking at it as like, oh, yeah, the Bears screwed that up. It's like they, they got a heck of a haul, and they ended up with the number one overall pick again with a chance to either get an even better better quarterback prospect in Caleb Williams than what, than what CJ Stroud was in theory, in theory, Um, or you can finesse more picks and continue to build. I think there, there are logical avenues for, for both things. I I know a lot of of your bears fans that I'm friends with would, would just vehemently be like, no, take Caleb Williams and, and don't think twice about it or take Drake may don't think twice about it. Justin Fields hasn't been good enough. And I think, like, you know what? I can I can see that. I think that there's, you know, if you're looking at it in a purely heartless way, I think that that's, that's how I would think about it. Um, that said, I do happen to think that as the year went on, Justin Fields showed signs that he can yet get better. There are more levels to his game. And he also can just do shit that, like, maybe maybe one other quarterback in the league can do at times so I I think there's still more there so okay say the Bears keep the pick they take Caleb Williams then I think you're looking at Drake may going number two overall and then you're getting Jaden Daniels at number three there's always that chance that Marvin Harrison Jr could sneak his way in there but I just don't see it Washington doesn't they've got they've got receivers they've got players on offense maybe they, they could definitely use a Marvin Harrison Jr but they don't have a quarterback Right, you've got you got your opportunity to get Drake May. Just just take him, just take him and, and, and get on with it. Yeah. Unless you're gonna get a veteran that you know that you believe in. But but again, why would you do that? You have the number two overall pick, just just do it. The the only reason that the Bears thing is even a question is because you have a clear starting level quarterback on your team, and a guy who is young and, and has upside still, in my opinion. I just don't. I, I just don't follow anybody who says, oh, we know what Justin Fields is now. That, that just, you've made up your mind. I haven't, I don't think you need to do that. Um, but that's the only reason that's a decision. With Washington and, and the Patriots, come on. There's no, there's no call to be made. You have no quarterback, mm. right? You don't, your starting quarterback is not on the roster, in my opinion, in either one of those cases. So to me, I'm taking Jaden Daniels. You know, there's also that possibility that, again, if Caleb Williams gets picked, number one overall, Justin Fields gets made available. And then do you want to do that? Would you trade the second round pick that the Patriots have? That would be a little bit of a fleecing, honestly, to get you're giving away number 36 overall. That's a premium second round pick, and you're taking Justin Fields. But then you could say, okay, we got a quarterback. Now let's take Marvin Harrison Jr. And then, I don't know, that, that's, that's an interesting thing that you could do. Of course, you could also just say, you know what, let's take a quarterback or not, or let's go ahead and just get a veteran, see if we can get more out of Mac Jones and, and take Marvin Harrison Jr. Or, or, or a left tackle or whatever you want to do. So there are a number of different ways to do it. There is, however, a non-zero chance. And, and this is something that I'm going to discuss a little bit in the coming days. Being down at the Shrine Bowl, meeting a couple of people that are involved with the Bears and uh, talked to a bunch of players. Caleb Williams' talent is just is undeniable. You know, you could talk about him struggling in the second half of the year. I mean, like, he still made some some really damn good plays. And you also just saw that USC didn't quite have the the guns to match up with some of these other teams. And Caleb Williams was the only reason that they won as many games as they did.
0: The defense is future.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so I don't have that many questions about him as a player except for, yeah, like, like for whatever reasons that they are, he holds onto the ball a ludicrously long time as well, even though he doesn't necessarily, like he throws, he scrambles to throw more than say, Justin Fields does at this point. And a lot of people will say, well, you know, Caleb Williams, um, you know, he can see the field just fine. He just prefers to play hero ball, whereas Justin Fields can't see the field, which I think if you watch the film, that's not really true at all. Um, but for whatever reasons there are, Caleb Williams holds onto the ball and he fumbles a lot. So he has a lot of similar issues, <laughs> but people want to kind of be like, oh, yeah, well, it's not it's not the same. It's like it might not be exactly the same, but the results are the same. And they're going to be the same in the NFL as, as a first year player going to get sacked and he's going to fumble, you know, that those things are going to happen. I think there is a chance that Caleb Williams gets in an interview room with the Bears and doesn't blow them away. And or or, or some of the background stuff they turn up on him doesn't quite vibe with the stuff that they are valuing in the locker room that they're trying to build. Whereas Justin Fields I think like epitomizes that situation, what they want to to build, and, and the kind of mentality and the kind of locker room they're trying to build, I think that stuff matters to them. I'm not saying that Caleb Williams is a bad guy, but based on the things I've heard, I mean, his teammates don't entirely be messing with him like that. Like from 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 what I can from what <laughs> I can kind <laughs> <laughs> of oh,
2: All right. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry we talked draft i have to bring up draft I, I, I know i have, <laughs> <You> have to <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> but you know i i think, I think there's a chance and, and again i don't even know that it's that deep or that it would be that level but i just feel like i wonder if there's a non-zero chance that maybe they're like look this guy's really talented but does he fit into what we're building here you know people keep talking about him like he's the next patrick mahomes but i keep on telling everybody there's just one of those guys and there's a reason there's only one of him, yep. okay? It's not, it's not about what he does with his arm or his legs or anything that happens on the football field.
0: Or if it's he puts it on the stake.
1: <laughs> it's about all this, you know, and all the stuff that you don't see. Yep. And I just don't – I'm just not 100% sure that he's wired like that, meaning Caleb Williams. So there is a chance that maybe Chicago does say, hey, Washington – come get your boy, and steals a first-round pick off them for next year, right? Because I think people keep talking about multiple first-round picks. I could be wrong about this, but when people say multiple first-round picks, very often they're also including the pick swap that you made in the year of. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about, oh, yeah, two first-round picks. It means number two overall this year and the number one that they get in, in 2025. I don't think they mean oh to trade up one spot you got it you got to give me the first in twenty twenty five and twenty twenty six I feel like that doesn't isn't usually how that works Mm-mm. so yeah. if you if you steal a first rounder off the next year are like hey Caleb Williams is your first rounder for next year um, and, and you do it that way I think personally the Chicago Bears aren't taking Drake May if they move down to number two. I, if you're, passing, on to, to, yes. So, so to me, I'm thinking to myself, if you're, if you're the Chicago bears and you're passing on Caleb Williams, what the hell I want Drake may for, like, I know there are other people that really want, you know, or think Drake may is going to be a better pro you know prospect. Cause he looks the part more and kind of has that prototypical, but no, to me, Caleb Williams is as talented as he is. and And you think he's the best player. You know the better quarterback take him you're not you're not taking the lesser quarterback prospect because of vibes hell no right not not to me but i think there's a chance that people think about this what if what if marvin harrison jr goes to the combine and actually participates and at six three, six four, two hundred 200 something pounds goes and runs a 4-3 and jumps out the gym and looks smooth as silk on his route running and, and just looks like, oh, my God, this guy is a freaking mutant. And then also goes into the interview process the way I think he's going to go into the interview process. I think there's a chance he might end up as the top player on the Bears board. There's a possibility that that happens. Like people, yes, quarterback, more important position. Absolutely. Right? It's the foundation of the franchise. Yep. But. We've been talking about Marvin Harrison Jr. for the last three, you know, two, three years or whatever as being that dude, right? Some of the plays that this dude is making, like we've been talking about him as one of the best players in college football for the last two years, too. It's not like he's like this is new. There's a chance that he's the best, that he ends up being the top player on Chicago's board. I think there's a chance. And if that's true, we saw them last year have a chance to take Jalen Carter. And again, the issues were way more extreme.
3: Yes. But they were
1: like, Philly, you go ahead and take Jalen Carter. That's cool with us. We'll take Darnell Wright because we like him better. I think that stuff matters to them. So in the case that that happens, that Chicago is like, okay, go ahead, take Caleb Williams, Washington. We'll go down. We're taking Marvin Harrison Jr. Drake Mays right there for the New England Patriots, and I would do that.
0: My only question with that is, though, let's say if, either go, if May, the May Daniels hypothetical does come to play, and I myself and I, presume Garvin, him and I are just freaking out on Twitter. My big question with all that is then, what the what does the Arizona Cardinals do it for? Because I feel like if Marv falls to four, he's going to Arizona. But if he doesn't yeah. fall to four, okay. it causes that weird loophole then of do the Cardinals go line? Do, does Romo Dunze or Malik Neighbors jump up to four? Because you – all this stuff comes to fruition, and for some reason, Marvin Harrison goes within the top two. One of those quarterbacks, I think, is going to slowly start to have that Bo Callahan-esque fault. And now we're asking the question, hey, did another quarterback not have anyone go to his birthday? So it causes think, a ripple effect that just opens up endless possibilities. I, I
2: legitimately don't think that that's going to happen. Um, the way I see it is reg- – I, I don't know who the teams will be, but I think the top of the draft, I, I think the top four is going to be quarterback, 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 wide receiver. I think that's just kind of how it's going to shake out. Um, I don't know that the Bears will take Caleb Williams. I think that's kind of the question mark there. Um, I think even if they don't, they'll probably trade down because um, I think you have a realistic chance at you know, at maneuvering the board to your liking. Um, yep. see, to the, up, see, the thing with
1: that is with the Bears, they've got a second first-round pick. They exactly. Number In
2: the nine. top ten. Yeah. So it's like you know, it they have the wiggle room to do it. I just mm-hmm. think um, with the way we've seen – the draft play out uh, since really like 20, 2019, 18. Um, quarterbacks are going to go at the top. They're always going to go at the top. Um, teams are going to pay the premium. Even even when we're like, oh, there's no way a team is going to pay that premium. We saw, you know, San Francisco in 21 traded up. You know what I mean? Traded up nine spots. They gave up two additional first round picks on top of the pick swap to go up and get Trey Lance. Now, was that a good move? In hindsight, no. Was it a good move at the time? Personally, I actually don't think so. I think it was one of those moves that where everyone's like, "Oh, I have to go get my quarterback. I have to go get my quarterback." So I think if Chicago's sitting there at one and they're like, "Ah, Caleb Williams, not enough people at his birthday party," we're probably going to pass on him. Another team's going to be like, "Hey, fuck the birthday party. I'm coming up. Yeah. You can hold that card for me. I'm exactly. on my way." You know, what I mean? it's going to happen.
1: And, and, and that's and that, like you said, right to to maneuver the board the way that you want. The, the reason I posed that situation the way that I did is because I think that the Bears do have an opportunity and, and value a chance to get the their top player on the board. And I think that there is a very good chance that Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be one of the top players on their board. I, I just yeah. I, I see it. I can see it now. I see the vision. But to, to that point right so maybe darnell wright wasn't the top player on their board i had to go back and and look and see what people said but he's gonna be one of the top guys right yeah and so that worked out last year where it's like okay we got a crazy haul and we also got a guy that we really really like and the bears could absolutely have that situation if they wanted to trade down they could they could do it to two they could go further if they wanted hey atlanta you interested in a quarterback Come give us a freaking bounty and we'll slide down to eight. And then we got all kind of stuff that we can do all kind of ways that we could play around with this. We could, we could do whoever's left of like Malik neighbors or Roma dunze Brock Bowers. You still there? We could do that. Edge rusher if, that we like, we could do that too. And so I, I think there, there are a lot of different avenues, but then again, of course, you're also looking at it from Chicago bears perspective that since you have number one and number nine, you don't have to trade back from number one. You could take Caleb Williams. You can just grab the guy that you want and then, and then you could trade down from nine. So they've, they've got, they've got plenty of options to, to your point though, about the quarterbacks, the chances are, I, I think that's how it's going to go down as quarterbacks. One, two, three. I I do think that Marvin Harrison jr. Is that kind of player where it's like Calvin Johnson, I think was the last receiver to go that high when he went number two overall when he was coming out i think marvin harrison jr is that level of prospect and and, and i feel like sometimes people just people just be wanting to take quarterbacks just to take them
2: yeah and, and they, they will. will oh and they will they do it yeah time. and and okay, and, Zach, I, Wilson, and i and i i just for think real.
1: that you know for the, if the bears ended up at number two they could probably get something big from somebody but again at that point you're just like I don't need to help you. I already traded down. I already got a first rounder for next year. I'm going to get this dude that I really like right now. Um, And in that case, I do feel like unless Drake may like people just get like, dude, this guy's an asshole or something like that. Like in, <laughs> in, in, in the interview room, I think Jaden Daniels would probably interview pretty well. Um, But he might be the guy that slips a little because of that, like, eh, you know, it's great. He's like a dual threat guy, but he's kind of small and he doesn't throw the ball with the kind of arm talent and stuff that these other top two guys do. And, you know, potential, potential and upside, upside. That said, even if Jaden Daniels did slip down just a little bit, I don't think he gets past number six
2: with the New York
1: Giants. Oh, Giants. Yeah. I think, I think, I think that's the farthest he goes down because, I think Arizona is probably pretty much thinking they're going to stick with Kyler Murray, which
0: makes financially
1: make makes perfect sense to me. And then, yeah, okay, even if Marvin Harrison Jr. is gone, Malik Neighbors, baby, let's mm-hmm. go like that. That's, mm-hmm. that's easy. Or or you could take a tackle, whichever one you want to do. You could you could take your pick. But the Giants, I think it, it's not maybe the most ideal thing in terms of playing Jaden daniels right now but if you're like okay daniel jones you go ahead and play out this year and then we're trading your ass or cutting you after next year and Jaden daniels is going to be our guy that could be low-key ideal for them
2: oh come lord yes couldn't it for sure yeah for sure I, I think there's there's just so many ways the draft can go oh, um yeah. but i think again just history tells us It's going to be quarterbacks early um, and then they're going to figure out, you know, it's going to shake the way it shakes out the rest of the way is is how it's going to shake out. Um, Personally, I think if, you know, Drake May is sitting there at three, you take him. If Daniels is sitting there at three, you take him. I also think um, and I've been kind of pushing this, pushing this narrative so far. I'm the only one who's who's caught on to it, but pushing the narrative um, online that by the time we get out of the combine, by the time the combine is done and we start really draft, you know, get into draft season. I think we're really going to see the pushback on the whole Drake May solidified QB two. No matter what, he's going that's second. He's thing. the second Q That's not going to. That's going. That's going. That's going to flip. Um, You're
1: absolutely going to have guys that are going to be like, man, I like I like Jaden Daniels more. Exactly. I, I exactly. like I literally just like him more. I like his dual threat capability. That's the thing, man. Every single year there are going to be people who are going to be like, eh, I don't know. I like this random ass dude as mm-hmm. my top quarterback. <laughs> like last year, I'm sure there were people who was like, I like Will Levis more than I like Bryce Young or uh, mm-hmm. T.J. Stroud. And they, and sure they were there.
2: They were there. I, I interacted with a few of them. I was like, y'all are tripping. But yeah, I hear you. <laughs> totally.
0: Um, the other thing too with Washington, if they were to trade up as well, I feel like their fan base has this like free sense of like carelessness right now towards, hey, we have new ownership do what you want to where if next year they don't, if they have a bad year this year and they don't have their first round pick, it's one of those, like, you know, is what it is situations. I But then also too, this is one of those drafts. This draft starts at one. The chaos is going to start immediately. It's just one of those moments where you wait for someone falls. That's when the phones really start ringing and we get the true draft day movie moments where, Mm -hmm. look, one of these young GMs has a chance to get fleece. That's why I like a hire like the Elliott Wolf, because you know, if someone and also too that whole that Jeff I touched base with it when I had Sophie on a couple days ago, but um the Jeff Howe article that came out about they're going to draft a tackle, I know it set Patriots Twitter ablaze, but that's got to be a smokescreen, right? Oh, like I, it's, yeah,
2: it's too early for it not to be a smokescreen. Where we haven't yeah. even gone through the combine. Um, I yeah. I don't I don't believe anyone knows. I would on I honestly think I don't think any team right now knows for certain who they're taking in April. They think it's way too early. No. There's a lot. There's a lot of the process not even i I can
1: almost tell you
2: not even the bears know for certain what they are about to do i'm sure everyone has an idea they're like oh here's who we'd like we like these few guys or whatever the combine will kind of sort all that out pro days will sort sort all of that out interviews the top you know the 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 top the top uh, 30 top 30 visits top 20 visits however, however many it is all of those will play a part in it i think right now to say hey the patriots are gonna take a tackle we we don't know that. Uh, there's no way they know that. No one knows that. It's kind of a little too early for that. And I and I like Jeff Howe. It's just it's a little too early to to of kind course. of put that out there as like a, yeah. as, a as a thing. Yeah. I, I can real real quick, can, I, can I just still. say
1: actually, I, I wanted to just just troll back through some old draft stuff. Um, the last time, I and mean, re- really the only time in the last few years that quarterbacks truly went one, two, three was literally just 2021 every other year there's been some player busting in and kind of like breaking up sort of the monotony like randomly right even even in like the the 2018 year where that was like a really like ballyhoot class you know what I mean that was still Baker Mayfield Saquon jumped up in there at number two overall and then Sam Darnold went number three and then you didn't have Josh Allen again until number seven, which I mean, Buffalo traded of, up for still, in Tampa. Like, like y'all have been saying though, anything can happen. I feel like this, this to me could definitely be a draft where it's one, two, three, but I got to be honest. I, I just, I don't know that it's going to happen. That's I feel like someone, not, not for certain. Some... I don't know for certain that it's going to happen.
0: I feel like the more I think about it, it's going to happen, the quarterback, 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 unless some crazy trade happens to where Chicago gets blown away, where they get, hey, well, Washington gives them two, their 2025 first, and then, like, say, I don't know, like a second either next year or in 2026, something like that. Like, we don't know too much about the 2025 class at the moment. Like, there's no real star that's going to come out. One example, too, I want to give about the court, how, you know, people get – let's call it as it is, uh, horny for quarterbacks. Do you guys remember the 2011 do you remember the twenty eleven draft class? Um, was that the year with Blaine Gabbert? Uh, it was Cam, right? It was Cam number one and Von Miller number two, but you had Jake Locker, you had Blaine Gabbert. I like Jake Locker. Christian, I
2: thought
0: he was a baller. I thought he was a baller. I was like, that guy's
2: going to be somebody.
1: I remember and Jake Locker was going to be good too. <laughs> yeah, and, and then he got hurt a bunch and
2: was like, oh, well, never mind.
0: Yeah, but it's like that's the sense where I was getting at where like like the word I just used with the quarterback horny because um, people like always had to do with the fact the strike was happening and all these teams were like, hey, we got to go and get our quarterbacks where you get teams frantically panicking for it. This year's different because you have all the talent in the world. My main thing with the quarterbacks I want to focus on, though, is those like mid-round guys, you know, Michael Penix Jr. to where I still have the take that everyone says of, oh, the national championship game hurt a stock. Yeah, okay. He didn't have the best game, but if you go look at his Sugar Bowl highlights, the guy balled. He balled out in the Sugar Bowl. He was great at the Pac-12 Championship, and even still, JJ McCarthy, I don't know what to think. And then there's <laughs> Bo Nix, who I firmly believe is going to be a Sam Darnold or a Mitch Trubisky. Where it's oh, just yeah, it's, uh, it's I, written I, all over him. I got, yes. yeah. All yeah I think
1: him. I think Bo Nix sucks, and yeah, I, I, I think yeah. I think that like Not my big. guys down at the Senior Bowl that were there and watched him. Like and just generally about that quarterback class, was like, yeah, these dudes were ass. Like yeah. it, it was it was not good. I feel like you're <laughs> just watching some of Bo Nick's throwing one-on-ones and the balls landing like five yards short, and you're just like, you're not even giving guys a chance. Like, you yep. get like, yeah, that's great. Your completion percentage was good because your ass was just throwing screens. You know what? I go go play with the with the LA Raiders. Luke Getzi loves screens. <laughs> like it's like he'll get he'll get you right. I think Michael Penix Jr. is going to be one of those guys that gets picked like in the. in, in the He in is the throwing the at the combine, round. by the way, he said today. What's that?
0: Penix. I'm sorry to cut you off, Kyrie, but uh, Michael Penix did say today that he is going to be throwing at the combine. I think yeah. he needs to.
1: I like it. Yeah, I, I like that from him. So I, I feel like he's going to be a guy that goes in like the second and he gets stashed. Maybe like this year's Hendon Hooker
2: yeah something. that's the name that kept coming to mind for me um yeah i i i agree i think bo Nix falls out of the first as well although oh, some yeah, people yeah. are really big on it they're like, oh yeah I'd trade back in for bo Nix. i'm like for why I'm, i mean
1: i keep on hearing that NFL, like you know people are like nfl teams are going to be higher on bo Nix than uh, than everyone than else yeah and they're, they're, they're going to be wrong like, like who NL football oh, saying that yeah <laughs> it's like you go ahead and you pick Kenny Pickett 2.0 in the first round. Just see Holy how that shit. works out.
2: Exactly. Exactly yeah. right. Uh, as far as mid round quarterbacks that I kind of like, I like Spencer Rattler um, a little bit. I, the personality kind of rubs me the wrong way, but I don't know him personally, obviously, but just his uh, on field personality kind of kind of irks me in a weird way. I think JJ McCarthy is interesting because I like him for next year, right? I, I would have loved if he went back and uh, just played another year. I think he's. He's a little raw. I think you see all of the talent. It's there. I yeah. just think some team is going to draft him and play him this year, and it's going legit- to look
0: terrible.
3: He's By a name. miniature Taysom Hill.
0: By yeah, his he's pocket
3: Taysom Hill. <laughs> I,
1: I, okay. I, 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 think, I think he's going to be better than that. I, I really do. I think his arm talent is so nice. It's legit. But, he's but, not but ready, then, though. He, he, he has – I want to say like there's a threshold where it's like, above 750 pass attempts you're generally looked at like okay this this is a this is a guy who's relatively safe to draft and he's at 713. so it's like it's it's not to say that he can't be drafted i just the the kind of offense that he played in was so run heavy and and again i I joked the other day and people got mad at me and were throwing stats at me i joked the other day that like ha 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 like look at you know jj mccarthy's third down percentage like it's so good because he only throws on third and two (laughs) because it's good it's 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 just because you watch some of the michigan games right and it's run run and blake quorum is pounding you for four yards a pop and then it's third and 2 and JJ's throwing like okay cool got you no problem i mean yeah i also saw him convert third and 7s and third and 8s and things like that it's he can
2: throw the football yep. the the experience scares the yep. crap out of me especially I when he's under me, duress and i and me, i know that yes. that's a lot of quarterbacks but holy shit when he is under duress it's like he goes from like a five star player to like two and a half and you're like dude what is what is happening what did you think when you when you saw that and you were like, fuck it. You and he'll and it's just like he'll wildly overthrow guys or or on the very next play, he'll underthrow them and you're like, dude, I just need you to kind of hit the middle here. And I know you're under pressure. I just kind of need you to, to have it together. Now obviously he played in, you know, in behind that Michigan line. So like he wasn't pressured all that often, but it was just there were just things you saw, and you're like, mm. Don't like that. And I think that's something that can kind of get buffed out experience. He's only like 20, 21 years old. Um, I think I still think there's there's room to grow there. Um, I think he's one of those players though that'll get talked about um all of next month as as a ceiling, 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 his ceiling's so high, ceiling so high. And like I mentioned, the year of uh Trey Lance, like, yeah, ceiling, 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 great. Where's the floor though? Yeah, if the ceiling it. is the penthouse and the floor is the cellar. What are we doing like we you, you kind of need someone found out what
1: he was closer to which again maybe yeah, exactly mm-hmm. wasn't wasn't his fault entirely um i mean obviously they didn't intend to play him at all I And mean, he played sparingly in his rookie year and it was fine but clearly he was not ready to rock mm-hmm. that first year and then he gets hurt and then kyle shannon's like "Bruh, i got i got brock purdy now i'm done with you you know, and and now and now he's damaged goods, and who knows when he's going to get a starting job if he if he gets a consistent starting job again. I mean, it that that's how that's how it is in the NFL, man. But I think I, I'm with you. Just J by no means should JJ McCarthy start
0: games this year. God no, no, no
2: means he should. It be better be an NFL. emergency. It be one hell of an emergency.
0: <laughs> um, the other guy too that I'm kind of skittish on just because. What he can do, it's kind of this is a weird college. It's a college comparison. He basically is like a Jalen Milrow, you know, where at first he athletic as hell, but he's a tree because when he throws, he's gonna throw like this way out of bounds. That's Joe Milton. I know he didn't have the best senior <laughs> boys, you know what I mean? Though like Joe Milton can chuck the hell out of his uh, chuck the hell out of a football, but his football IQ is just not there to where he's a guy that's gonna get you know stashed round three, round four, to where it's the same thing. Hey. Maybe unless it's a really bad team situation or there's just injuries galore, then he can start. But besides that, it's another thing where he needs time to develop. A lot of these quarterbacks are in that realm for when it comes to this draft that are more the mid-round guys. That's where everything's exciting because I always have a saying too with the draft. Day one, if you hit on day one, it's great. You win the draft by killing day two and day three. And one more point I want to make because you know how Belichick always got criticized for his drafting because I was thinking about this today. Besides drafting a degenerate gambler wide receiver in the sixth round and a questionable kicker in the fourth round bill belichick did pretty good with the 2023 draft class if you're looking at it yeah
2: yeah i i i I thought he did all right with the 22 class as well. And we saw how that that turned out. Uh, Pierre Strong ended up getting shipped out. Kevin Harris is a practice squad player and everyone else can't really play. Cole Strange though, he gets a lot of shit. I think he can play. Yeah, I Um, think he can
1: play. There were a lot of other problems with that. Like that draft class maybe in theory wouldn't have been as bad as it was. The problem was that they drafted players based on a philosophy and a, an offensive system gonna they run. were going to oh, try man. to implement, My and, then they,
2: and then they threw it out the window. By week four, they were just like, yeah, we're just not doing it anymore. It's like By week four, cool. man,
1: by training camp. End of training camp, they realized they couldn't run an outside zone to save their lives, and we're just like, yep, uh, we're going back to the old shit now. Like, it was... Honestly, like I I know I know you were there, McGarvin, because I saw some of your videos, but like you remember watching them and they just couldn't
2: run a play. Holy shit. It was so frustrating because there were players that were blowing up the run plays and I'm like this is a guy who will not make the roster. I remember Jeremiah Farms, a player I really like. I'm watching Jeremiah Farms destroy the, the starting offensive line because we've been not down pit training camp, run. you know, it's 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 1 versus 2 usually in team settings. I'm watching Jeremiah Farms number 70 is out there blowing up the starting offensive line and tackling dudes in the backfield and I'm like, "Holy shit. What they, are we doing?" They they didn't they didn't know who to block.
1: And it wasn't it, was it wasn't insane. like it wasn't like Jeremiah Farms like, "Oh my god, he's overwhelming." He was just athletic. running through an open gap. Because Ooh. they they didn't know God, who to block, God. and then they were gonna try to do like the the whole Shanny, like you know McVeigh. Oh yeah, some boot play action off of this, and mm-hmm. then like they didn't know they didn't know who to block on that because they didn't know how, who to block on the run versions. Yeah. And so Mac Jones would be trying to boot out and he turn and like Matt Judon had sacked him already. Yep. And then yep. receivers were running into each other on the route patterns, and it's just like it was just it was so disgusting. Yep. And so. They didn't – as a result, they didn't know who they wanted to be and what they wanted to do. And so they – it's funny because, like, they had a plan for Tyquan Thornton's, like, second game back. And it was like, oh, look at this. He scored two touchdowns. Nice. And then they were just like, well, uh, that was it. That's all we had. <laughs> That's all we had. <laughs> Jack oh, Jones had the picks against
0: Green Bay and then the beautiful, like, tiptoe pick against Detroit as well. And then after that, you didn't really hear much from him either.
2: Yeah, Jack Jones, though, that, that whole thing was really interesting because I remember being on the wrong side of that argument his rookie year um, where everyone's like, oh, this guy's a stud. And I was like, he's fine. And everyone's like, no, he's so good. And I'm like, no, he's fine. And I think that Buffalo game, um, the second Buffalo game at home, the I think it was a Thursday night game, he got torched a bunch, but none of the passes were completed uh and so everyone's like oh that was a fine game and then he got hurt a week later and i was like no he got killed out there and it was just like he was he was getting smoked. it was disgusting and everyone's like oh he played so well and i'm like he did not he He wasn't uh, watching he wasn't it was so crazy it was the passes were incomplete so it's like oh he didn't give up any yard. and i'm like yeah, but he didn't he, play he was,
1: well. The, the, the fans were literally doing it for them. Like, you know how the the, the DBs oh, will be like, Yeah, got you. No yeah, exactly, exactly. Ten yards behind him, but the pass is out of bounds. It was a quarterback just smoked it, and he's like, Yeah, gotcha. And the fans <laughs> are all like, Look at that. Jack Jones didn't give up, no catches. It's like not for lack of try.
0: <laughs> there's there's another game of 2022 oh, yeah. I always look at where I'm like. If it wasn't for one wrong move, the game goes the other way because the week later after the Buffalo game, remember, they go to the desert. What happened early on? Kyrie, Ky, Ky, Kyrie, excuse me. Kyler, Kyler Murray was torching them. Yeah. And what happened? He took one. He was he, like, man, he was cooking Matthew Judon in those first few run plays, I remember. And then he took a wrong step right away. I was like, shit, there goes his ACL. And then Colt McCoy came in and the Patriots snuck out a win in Monday night. And that just so- was in
2: doubt for way longer than it had any right to be. Yeah, I was looking at like, oh, my team is so sorry. Cause like <laughs> these dudes just, and it's just not happening. Like we should be able to put them away. And it's just like, scream, scream, scream. And then you have Mac Jones young on the sideline and everyone's like, Oh, why is he yelling? And I'm like, I don't know. Mac Jones gets a lot of shit, but that game, he was absolutely right. They threw like 14 screens. This shit was absurd.
1: It was, <laughs> it was, a, it was a terrible game plan. And then the next week was the one where they, they go to play the Raiders. And it was just completely disgustingly bad. Yep you know and, he, he and then was game game okay. career
2: that that day too yeah.
1: and and that, that was one of those where I was like oh damn mac jones might actually be bad that sucks um yep. and then, and then of course you know we, the other thing happened in that game we don't need to talk about but yeah i i think in in talking about um you know to kind of, to kind of get back to, to what we were talking about with with um you know quarterbacks and kind of these mid-round guys right um i think it makes sense. It would make sense for the the Patriots to look into some of these later dudes,
2: just to keep double dipping. Take two it, of them. That yeah, yeah. you, you you get me. That's the plan. You take two of them because right now, not only do they not have a starting quarterback, I don't think they have a backup quarterback. Fuck it, take two.
1: I mean, I think you could. I think you could say Bailey Zappi.
3: You know, Absolutely he's practice squad. Absolutely
1: not. I, but, well, here's the thing, right, Bailey. Bailey Zappy, The thing I appreciate about about Bailey's Zappy that even from the beginning in training, that he torches the FC North. That mother, he's gonna throw the ball with conviction.
2: He, <laughs> yeah. you might, he you throws might the throw, most confident interceptions in the world. Holy he, he,
1: shit! He will, he will throw the most confident. Just like I, I absolutely believe in this interception type of interceptions. <laughs> but but you, he's going he's going throw that shit like Holy he, shit. he's yeah. not gonna be afraid of it. He's not gonna think twice about it. Mac Jones would be over there afraid Matt Mac Jones would be so afraid of screwing up, like like that, that Giants play in particular, that last oh one that my was like yeah. the, the last one. That Isaac but Simmons one. He had he had a dude wide open and he was so scared of screwing it up that he just threw Screwed an interception. Yep. And I'm like, yep. and you can't play anymore. Like yep. I'm sorry, like you you you're not allowed. Uh, and, but when Bailey's after be throwing interceptions. He's just like, remember, remember the fake spike interception. And oh my just, god, he
2: was, he was so he believed. Holy shit, he believed in that. He shit threw shit it every he threw fiber it of conviction. his conviction. He threw that shit in a triple Holy shit. coverage. He threw it with such conviction that the camera panned quickly, like, oh shit, someone's wide open down there, and it was in a team meeting. it goes like, what the fuck was that? He got got Rich Eisen
1: hyped on the broadcast. Like, oh man, he did the fake snap. (laughs) Oh my god, he's going long and (laughs) it's intercepted. He threw it in a triple coverage. Oh my god, oh my god. I, I, that was one of those plays where I, you, you know how something happens that's so funny that you can't even be in the room. Like you, like you, like you got to run out of the room. Like I started cackling and like rolling on the floor. Yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> and 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 I'm just silently just just screaming. And my wife is like, "What the hell's wrong with you?" And I'm just like, "It was so bad." <laughs> but no, I, I I think it's possible to to keep Bailey Zappy or convince yourself to do that. But I'm I'm still with you, though. I'm cool with churning and burning the whole thing.
0: Yep, yep. I'm the, I'm the same way too. You know what? It, it doesn't hurt. But even with Bailey Zappy too, like if he's a QB three, he's fine. So like I said. For some reason, he likes to come in and torch the NFC North. The NFC, the AFC North. He did at the P- Cleveland last year. He did at the Pittsburgh this past season. So we'll see what happens. But even still, with him, like the like the Buffalo game this year, the Patriots could have won that game if it weren't for him being stupid and just being like, "Oh, I'm going to throw it. Oh, oh, oh I'm going to throw it. Oh, and then it's a pick." Um, there's something else I was going to. Oh, the other thing I was going to talk about the Arizona game. uh That was the Raquan McMillan fumble six because remember DeAndre yeah. Hopkins had bad ball security. Yeah. Yep. Um, But, gentlemen, we have a football game to talk about, actually. Holy shit. You know what? One on more. Talking, we got, we got a football game to talk about. Um, Super Bowl 58, Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers. Before we get into who we think's taking it all, one question I have for you guys. In order to win this game, who needs to step up? Who's that one player when you look at them on either side of the ball, either team, you're going to say, show me something? Like, who is that player that comes to mind?
2: Ambry Thomas, cornerback for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Niners fans think he's pretty good. I think he's pretty mid. And they're like, no, he's just playing out of position. He's been playing out of position for like two years now. Like, at this point, show me something.
1: Um, I don't know. Um, quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I don't know. Might need to step up in this game. I don't know. I don't know. I,
2: do, you, do you, is he any good? Do you think Chiefs? Five? Five? Uh, yeah, I've, I've been told that guy kind of knows what's, you know, knows <laughs> how to do it. So, uh, you know, I, you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: Well, I mean, depending on what that guy does, um, I, I don't, I don't know so much, but, um, on, on that other, on that other team, um, you know, or, or like on, on that team, another guy is, um, I, I think Trent McDuffie is really interesting to me. I viewed him as a guy who was going to be a good corner, but maybe not necessarily a top flight one, but I think he's really damn good at what he does.
2: And, and I think That's that, new though. Last year he was not, and obviously he was a rookie. He was still developing, but uh, people were like, oh yeah, see, he's obviously so great. And I'm like, yeah, but last year y'all were dunking on him the entire playoffs because he was getting torched left and right. He really stepped it up. He played fantastic ball this year
1: yeah and so i i view it as that guy is going to be he's he's going to be covering you know brandon Ayuk and and debo samuel he's going to be tasked with with dealing with these guys and i think especially dealing with routes over the middle i think that's where you really want to shut the san francisco 49ers down take away the middle of the field as much as possible contest those balls get them up in the air and maybe get you know your safeties to come down with them um, I think you could also throw Lejarius Sneed in that category. I think that the big key is just going to be force Brock Purdy to hold on to the football, okay, as as much as possible. Because I look, Brock Purdy outplayed some allegations uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago. I think you know they they came from behind and they won a game. That yeah. matters. Yeah, I mean, you get you got to you got to kind of see it go in.
2: Much to um, my chagrin.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and so <laughs> I I think that. This is going to be different, though. Steve spagnol is going to be throwing so much stuff at him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's going to be a matter of can, how can he process it all. I, I think that he's going to be he's going to be holding the ball potentially a little bit more than he does, and maybe a little bit more confused. But look, Kyle Shanahan is as good as anybody at, at just scheming guys open. But I think if if the Chiefs are going to win on the defensive side of the football, got to be a guy like Trent McDuffie
0: making a play. There's one player from that draft class last year as well that I liked coming out, and I feel like he's really coming to on this year, and that's George Karloftis on the Chiefs defensive line as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, a good
1: player. I, I yeah, I was talking some shit about wanting him on the Patriots. Honestly, when they traded down and it, it was it, they were at 29, I was like, I think it might be this. He might be the one, and then he goes like the next pick.
2: Yep. <laughs> it was Cole strange yeah um another player i think is going to have to have a big game is uh number 32 nick bolton for the chiefs um very good linebacker he's a player i wanted real bad um and we didn't get him obviously uh the key to stopping that offense is going to be stopping christian mccaffrey and i know it's a cliche everyone knows that uh easier said than done and all that but honestly make it a brock purdy game because i i just don't believe in that guy so like I think you're going to need your linebackers to step it up. I think uh, Drew Tranquil is who he is at this point. Leo Chanel is still probably half a year away. Um, you're going to need Nick Bolton to kind of yep. be the guy because um, if not, you're in trouble. Um, also, I, I know he's going to end up in some situations where he's going to be tasked with covering George Kittle. That's going to be a mismatch. So I think on the Niner side, you're going to want to you know, find 32 in coverage against you know George Kittle. And, and that's not to say Nick Bolton is bad in coverage. Uh, I don't think he is. George, I Kittle, think George is Kittle is when George Kittle. Fucking Zeus, You know what I mean? Like that, that guy's <laughs> built like a Roman God. He's going to, he's going to make it happen. So, you know, you, you're going to try to avoid that matchup if you can, if you're Kansas City, but the way that Spagnuolo runs his defense, you're going to have some guys in coverage that you don't really want in coverage against guys that you don't want them covering. Um, you just need to survive those matchups. You're not going to win them, right? You're not going to be like, oh, Nick Bolton really shut down George Kittle. No, you're going to be like, all right, well, you know, limit, limit the damage, kind of contain it, make it happen that way.
0: My only big question with this game, too, and also when I said show me something, I should have said X factor and said, but when I say show me something, you know, it's like that player you want to see step up like that player that what I mean there. The big thing I want to ask you guys is, is if San Francisco wins, what do you think would have had to have happened? Because obviously we're not going to go out there and say, oh, Patrick Holmes had a three interception game or "Oh, Patrick Holmes did this or this, but like. What does San Francisco have to do defensively? Because we know at the end of the day, oh. the Steve Wilkes defense has been very different from what we've seen with D'Amico Ryans and Robert Sala in the last few years.
1: Uh, does running the football count on the defensive side of the ball? <laughs> uh,
0: I, I ask a hard question. What do
2: I say? Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that.
1: Because I think that's it. Um, well, I think <laughs> the the thing is you you take Travis Kelsey away. That is That is number one. That's number one.
0: But who do you put on? Because he
1: trusts because <laughs> he trusts Cav- Travis Kelsey more than anybody. And I Rashi Rice has come on and he's got my respect. That's a big situation to have a rookie be like, okay, be our be our best player now mm-hmm. on, on offense aside from number 15. Um in, in the Super Bowl. That's tough. Now, of course, the, the other thing is stop the run. Because Isaiah Pacheco and his running like I bite people ass, you know, going to be out there, you know, jitterbugging all over the place. Um, if, if you allow him to do that, then that's going to make the passing game more effective for Kansas City. If you force them to be one dimensional and you force Patrick Mahomes to run around in circles like he did against Tampa Bay back in the day, then, you know, and, and he's not able to just find Travis Kelsey open. I think I think that's it. Don't let him get comfortable. It's really as simple as that. Do not let him get comfortable. Don't let him just be like, just don't let him throw to
0: his first read ever. The other player too, I feel like Nick Bolse is going to have to like really get to him. Obviously we saw him with uh, two sacks in that game, but the other question with I'm trying to remember what, what broadcast played the Sonic rings? Was it the AFC championship or the NFC championship? Uh, it was the NFC championship. Oh, okay. Damn it. Uh, it's happy, not Fox. That was, yeah, that was, that
2: was hilarious. Um, uh, yeah, I, I agree with everything Kyrie just said. Like that's gonna those those are the keys to the game. I think this is one of those games that's like a really easy on paper game plan. they are like, oh yeah, these are the players you have to stop, these are the plays you have to make, and boom, Super Bowl championship. Uh it's just gonna be about whether or not it happens. I think um another low key key, really it's actually just me wanting to throw a shot real quick, but um I just need uh Andy Reid to not get uh too cute. Um and he does it in every game I've ever watched him coach ever, where he'll just have like a poorly timed trick play at like the edge of uh at the edge of the red zone, and it'll just take him out of it. Uh, just need him to kind of avoid that. We know Shanahan won't make that kind of mistake, uh, partly because his quarterback really can't play all that well um, as an individual. So you know, don't 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 fuck it up if you're Andy Reid. Um, don't walk yourself into that mistake and you know he will it's kind of what he does um and like Kyrie said with um not letting not not letting Mahomes get you know not letting him run around back there don't don't put the game in his hands right make it make it uncomfortable for him um and live with the fact that you're going to give up some you're going to give something up he's Patrick fucking Mahomes he's going to you know you're going to you're going to have the perfect play on him you're going to have him running around like a like a like a sweaty toddler and he's just going to find someone wide open and it's going to break it's going to happen yeah.
1: But, but make him make him do make it make every the throw sing- exactly. Would make him do it every single time, yep. and inevitably you're gonna get situations where he runs around and he's throwing the ball parallel to the ground, and it hits a guy in the hands, and they drop it because they're not
0: good. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to say quickly is I always look for little sound bites for the pod, like for podcast titles. You just said one right there, but uh, with Sweaty Toddler, and I'm like, I thought about it for a second, but I was just like, hmm, I don't need the, I don't need SWAT team kicking in those windows right there and taking me in for, uh, <laughs> sir, what is this? Um, this Super Bowl to me, though, I know the Chiefs are the underdog, but doesn't this have that weird Patriots-Rams feel from 2001 where it's like, you have the team that's on like the cusp of a dynasty. And then you have the team that's like this. I know San Francisco has been good for years, but you know that like they're looking to get that one. I know obviously they've won, they've won six before, but doesn't it have that, like that weird feel to it where they've are good they good
1: offense and the hot yeah. play caller. And then it's just like, yeah, but the other team's got that dude. So yep. uh, yeah,
0: yeah, that, that that's that, That's just where I, that's just where I think of it. Um, All right. So Ultimate question time for the three of us because I've teased it all week that I'm going to wait till now to give my winner. Where do we have leaning? Whoever wants to start first, who is your big Super Bowl winner? Who's winning and taking it all? Is that a C? That's a or C. Or nine. Okay, cool. I
2: also have Kansas City taking it.
0: I'm going to give a little bit of a speech here. My heart wants San Francisco because I want to see the team win that hasn't won in a while. Sure. But my gut's going San Francisco. My gut is going. Don't bet against fifteen. My well, gut you mean, is. You mean you're. you're yeah, my my, yeah. yeah, fifteen. No, no, no. Jawan Jennings. My gut saying go. With Jawan. <laughs>
2: uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. it's um. Yeah, the whole heart versus versus mind thing uh, definitely plays a factor as well. Because I'm like, oh, my heart wants San Francisco, but my heart be wrong a lot. So we're just gonna go with the go ahead with the noggin on this one and go with that. I think no matter what though, we're gonna. I get... like greatness. Let's go Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, I think it's also because I'm not tired of Kansas City yet. Like I know a lot of people are so tired of Mahomes. Yeah. Oh, we're fatigued. Yeah. Oh, they put. The... I'm like, yeah, but I I enjoy football. I enjoy great football. He's great at football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a while before I get tired of him, um, and not, not only that, I just think um, no matter what happens at the end of this game, we're going to have a Tom Brady comparison. So I know there are people who are rooting against Kansas City because they don't want the whole like, oh, people gonna start comparing Mahomes to Brady even more, la la la. la. Already. Same thing's going to happen with, with Brock Purdy if the Niners win. Everybody's going to be like, oh, let's see, yeah, late-round pick, and you know, didn't really start that well and all that, and now look at him, Super Bowl champion in his second year. Oh, look how great he is. It's going to happen regardless. I'm going to go with whatever's going to give me the most entertaining uh, experience, and that's going to be Kansas City winning. Yep. yep. I,
1: I, greatness. And you know what? Listen, I, I think that the the Tom Brady-Patrick Mahomes debate or whatever – to me, it only bothers you if if you let it, because I think that we all know that, you know, even if Patrick Mahomes wins, I think we can all, you know, figure basic arithmetic enough to know that seven is a bigger number than three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also think that we can see that Patrick Mahomes has started for six seasons and Brady started for like twenty two
0: three or twenty three
1: which which is a 22 seasons or, or whatever it is. So um there's a lot more time left on that clock. We don't have to do the oh, which one's the greatest of all time yet. We we don't have to do that. Doesn't it's have just, to be- happen. just because other people are doing it doesn't mean we have to engage in it. I don't care about all that. That said I will say that Patrick Mahomes would probably be a Hall of Famer if he retired today because yep. I mean yep. he's he's that dude. But but I I agree with you man. Regardless of of whichever one you're you're more of a fan of, it's going to be like this because then they're going to say that Brock Purdy's the next Tom Brady, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Winning in his second season. Oh, look at that! His first one is a starter. Ah, it is the start of the next the start of the next dynasty, right? Oh, the scrappy guy that could. It's like you're you're going to get it one way or another. I just want to see great play, man. I want yep. to see a great game. And honestly, I love seeing great players out of their stash. I will say, like, I do agree with you that, you know, I'm not. It's because I'm not tired of it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I also think that there, there is this part of me that wants to see a guy just continue to be amazing. Yep. And, and push the boundaries. Yep. And to show, again, that he's one of one. Every everybody that you keep t- is always the same thing as like you know the the next Jordan, right? Because I grew up in in the you know '90s um, with that, and you know I remember when Grant Hill was supposed to be the next Michael Jordan, and Kobe was supposed to be the next Michael Jordan. Obviously, Kobe had a great career, but he's not Michael Jordan, right? And yep. so, like everybody's looking for the next this dude, yeah, who is completely singular. And to me, it's like no. Understand what you're watching. Patrick Mahomes, whether he wins this game or not, right? Six seasons as a starter, and he's been in the AFC Championship every single time and went to the Super Bowl four times. Yep. We've we've never seen that. We've never freaking seen that.
2: Now imagine hating on that. Hating on that because you're a little insecure that your favorite player is being brought up in these conversations. Like, I'm not – Here's my thing. I recognize Tom Brady's greatness to the point that someone else getting three rings, four rings, doesn't all of a sudden make me nervous. I'm it not going to disrespect Brady. And like, it, it shouldn't. It, that's, that's perfectly said. It shouldn't because I'm not insecure about that. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. His, his accolades, his career speaks for himself. I don't need to you know, pick up the shield every single time someone wins a championship. I don't need to do that. His resume speaks for itself
1: yep it's is the same thing with LeBron James exactly
2: you can believe
1: yeah. that michael Michael Jordan is the greatest player of all time and appreciate LeBron that's what I that's what I think Michael Jordan's greatest player of all time but I really like LeBron James because I like greatness yep. but people get all touchy about stuff and they want to hate because they want to put people down and it's just like have a little have more i q points than that <laughs> you know but yeah you can't ask that of everybody
0: i, I I'll Say this, I was on the bit of the LeBron hate train for a while because as a Raptors fan, he ripped my heart out three years in a row. So, I mean, I that's, mean that's that's different. That's different. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, yeah. not,
1: I'm not even gonna hate on that,
0: yeah. Yeah, and the, the one year he left is the year we got our championship, so that's it with me. Um, I've been a little bit on the though, I don't hate Mahomes, I've never have. I just don't like the people that are already saying, you know, oh, he doesn't have to win seven to pass Tom, or oh, he's already passed Tom, even if the stats are there. They're both different players. They're both great in their own regards. We're witnessing greatness. That's why we're going with Mahomes. Look, and because here's the thing, too, he goes back-to-back. That's something that's very rare in the NFL nowadays. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, too, with this game, if San Francisco does lose, there's going to be more questions of where do you go from here as opposed to Kansas City losing. Kansas City loses, it's like when the Patriots lost. It's just, oh, you know what, just regroup, recycle, and we'll get back. Meanwhile, if San Francisco loses, there's going to be a lot of question marks. And I've been saying this for a while of Kyle Shanahan not being on the hot seat just because, you know, it's always, oh, we're going to reward for everything that they've done, but they still haven't gotten it. It's just like one of those, one is enough is enough for them. So that's why I feel like, too, this game, there's there's so many different storylines that are going to come out of it. And as to the whole Brady and Mahomes stuff, I'm just going to say this, just ignore the Nick Wrights of the world. Ignore the, I'm going to say get up, just because get up's just a hot take factory, in my opinion. And you know what? Just go about your opinions and listen to the three of us talk football. Why? Because we're all three very well-educated gentlemen on the sport and we also love it and we cover it and we're dudes with Wi-Fi who love talking about it. For sure. That's my little soliloquy to end it. But anyway, gentlemen, it was a blast as always getting to talk to the two of you. mcgarvin has been here all playoffs long. We appreciate it a lot. Kyrie, first appearance in, I believe since about November. So it's been a little bit of a time since you've been here, but it's always great having you on guys. We started this back in September when Brianna Pierre and I were previewing week one and now this is the last podcast where football is played, but the off-season train is going to continue to roll. But anyway, guys, we're on the road to 300. The off is going to be here next week. Just embrace it and enjoy the Super Bowl. Have a good night.
1: Jaden Daniels over night. everything.